go ahead and play the video and we'll take it on the other side. Gene, are you there yet? Yes, I'm here. Okay, great. Please tell the audience who you are so that they understand what we're talking about here. Sure. So, uh, you know, my name is Gina Kalani. And I'm a- well, every so often, every so often we get started on the wrong thing. And that was the wrong video. The one that I want to play is this one. Let's see if it'll go. There we go. Here we go. Welcome to another edition of Politics and Right. As you guys know, we've talked about getting uh, Demo- the Democratic Party and progressives, in fact, engage in community. And I, I was contacted by... Ron Blake earlier this week telling us about the revival of the Democratic Party in Liberty County, Texas. That couldn't have made me any more happy. And I can imagine just about every progressive or Democrat happy in this area. But anyhow, welcome to Politics Done Right. Ron, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you for having us. Uh, We are a small county. We are located just North, east of Liberty of uh, Harris County, and we have turned red like almost all small rural counties. We are rural, and we have been that way for a long time. Uh, this year, I was contacted by John Hare, who is running for Congress, and it was a random call, and I didn't have his contact information, of course. But I uh, picked up on it, and we talked, and before long, he and I were working together. I was his campaign rep in Liberty County, and since then, I've become even more with him and with Liberty County. Uh, I had walked away from politics last year and my last election in 2020, uh, having run for county commissioner during the year of COVID, <clears throat> COVID, I can't even say it. I didn't have a budget to put a yard sign out in my own yard. <laughs> so I said, I don't want to run in the general because I can't go out and do what I wanted to do, meet people in coffee shops and all of that. But that's another story. Um, what happened this year is that John came down and we made contact, I don't remember how, honestly, with Cleveland and they invited us to come up. We did. Then they invited us to do more. Then Michael Mark, the Liberty County chair of the Democratic Party in Liberty, um, said, let's have a campaign rally. And we did in Cleveland. And we went through the usual throes of trying to get it organized. But Michael did a fabulous job organizing, bringing in a lot of people. And from that, we have birthed a grassroots movement of devoted Democrats in Cleveland. And I hope we can spread it to the rest of Liberty County. Well, let me let me go ask uh, 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 John here, first of all, what made him decide to bite the bullet and run in a district that likely wasn't conducive to a Democrat winning? And I, I think I'm going to love your answer because I can think about it. What 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 made you do that? Well, it was about a year, year and a half ago, uh, and Governor Abbott of Texas was doing all kinds of crazy things. Uh, you know, open carry of guns, uh, uh, critical race theory, uh, censoring books. Um, I think the Republican Party has just gone off the rails on the right side. 
And I said, well, uh, somebody's got to do something. And so I contacted a few Democrat Party friends and um, and they contacted some people. And pretty soon I was sent in front of uh, screening committees. And then there was the primary election. And here I am now. So I'm a neophyte uh, in politics. And I imagine what looking at the screen at all these great people here from Liberty County, I imagine this made up the posse that revived the county. Uh, is that right, Ronnie? Is that uh, can we consider this group on the screen right now? The ones that said we are in as much as we are a likely red county, we are going to start talking about the Democratic policies that likely everybody wants. Yes. So the everyone that you see here um, has contributed to the rural areas. Uh, of the Congressional District 36 that John Hare is running. We we know due to the size of what Congressional District uh, 36 is, which is the lower end of East County, uh, of Harris County, all the way out to uh, the Louisiana border, it's vast and diverse. Um, we know that there are Democrats out there. They just haven't been engaged. And that's why we have people like Ron Blake and Michael Mark and uh, Miranda helping us out. Like it's, it's difficult to cover such a huge geographical area in a short amount of time to beat a, a such a red location. But the thing is, is that the numbers display that Democrats came are coming out to vote. Mm-hmm. Like the thing is, is that the first week is usually Republican week of early vote. Second week is whenever over that weekend, uh, the churches begin to do their thing. Um, I believe the program is called Souls to the Polls. Souls to the Polls, yeah. Right. Uh, those programs start to engage and then it causes like a, I, for lack of a better term, like I want to say trickle down effect, but it's more of a domino effect. Mm-hmm. Everybody starts getting engaged. They, they have to make a decision at this point because they are likely voters. It's not that they don't feel like they don't want to vote. It's just they are not pressured into voting at that point. If if you as a, not a candidate, but as like a person aren't taking out like your friends to with you to go vote or in, at least engaging them in political debate, because right now the atmosphere is hot. Like for the terms of Republicans, they're sticking to a somewhat of a lie on crime. Right. But the but the thing is is that when Democrats bite back, there aren't Democrats that are taking in the Republican message because we are de facto a red state. Right. That's just it. Right. So mm-hmm. by and large, if we want to win, we have to appeal to the middle. And that's what John Hare does. John Hare can appeal to the average entrepreneur because he's a nuclear engineer. Who can say that? Like right. And the thing is, is that if there's an intense debate that goes on, John Hare will just apply the scientific method and just be like, I understand that we have our differences, but Mm -hmm. this is what the facts say. And I admire that about it. Like, it doesn't matter if you're red or blue. I think you have to respect the fact that he is being nonpartisan on his decisions. So that's the best message to take. I definitely believe that, uh, that Texas is more blue than we think um, is just message that we, we I, have to do. 
I have to agree with you. And I think if, uh, listening to my show, you know that I preach that a lot. Most people believe in the actual concepts that uh, Democrats are pushing out there. And if, if, if more people were to be able to just get the message and to be bluntly not fearful in, in, in putting that message out, I think a lot more people would come home. Michael, I, I, I see you there. Are you guys mostly around uh, scattered? I mean, you talk about how big the 36th district is. Are you guys uh, that I see on the screen here scattered throughout this district? And how do you communicate to make sure you're working on one platform or on, on you know, all walking in the same direction? Well, first of all, Egberto, thank you very much for having us on your show. Uh, it's It's an honor to be here. Um, to answer your question, we, we try to stay in communication uh, with the other party chairs uh, around the district. Uh, we try to stay in communication on Facebook and the uh, Internet and just let, let them know that we support them. In turn, they support us, and that helps us to grow stronger and get the message out to uh, the Democrats in our district. Uh, and, and we try to work together. Uh, as, as Ron said, we had a rally in Cleveland uh, a few weeks back, and uh, John Hare was uh, one of our featured speakers, and we just wanted the community to get to know John Hare and hear the Democratic message and try to fire up the base, get people out to vote, and hopefully turn our county and our state blue. That's excellent. Now, how how are they how do, how were you guys received in in Cleveland? Did you get a good turnout, and did you get a multi-party type turnout, or was it just a, let's say a group of Democrats that came together? Well, Egberto, I think we we got a lot of good Democrats out. Uh, we got some other folks out who were maybe curious, wanted to see what we were all about. I think the reception was good. Uh, I think the reception has been good overall. Uh, as as was said, though, we are in a, in a very red county. Right. We're in a very red district. I think it goes 80-20 Republican uh, every cycle. So we're trying to change that. And um, it, it's challenging because it's a very conservative red district. But uh, we're not going to give up and we're going to continue to fight and, and get the message out. You never should. I, I want to go to I, I'm going to go back to you, John, in a second. Uh, uh, I just want to, uh, in, in deference, ask Miranda if she has something that she wants to add to what was said before. Yes, actually, I have a few things that I wanted to say. I wanted to add to it. The rally, it was indeed uh, it was a good turnout. Um, it was put on by uh, the precinct chair of uh Precinct 20, which is Ms. Dolores Terry, and co-organized with uh, Minister Linda Clay, who's also on the Zoom call. Um, I, I would say that I don't necessarily believe that uh, Texas is all red. Mm-hmm. I personally believe in being that, you know, I'm, I'm one of the ones who actually go out and knock on doors. I believe that we have a lot of blue um, but I feel like they're not engaged and they haven't been engaged for a while. Um, this is, it's not my first rodeo. Um, I've, I've, I've been organizing in Cleveland with several different, uh, democratic people throughout the, throughout the city to, uh, ensure that we get, you know, our party out to vote and get them not only out to vote, but also get them informed. And in the past, it has been, difficult to get the resources that we need 
But um, when Miss Barry came to our rally, we were able to really start coming together and really unifying. And I think that was the important part. I think that was the, the, the fire that we needed under us. So we got out and of course we started knocking on doors. We started hosting other rallies. Of course, we spoke about um, Social Polls, who was organized again by Minister Clay and Ms. Dolores Terry. And of course, we had a lot of uh, people in the community that came out and supported us on that this past weekend. So I feel like this time, because you know, we're more unified. We, we're receiving the resources that we need. I feel like that we're going to get this blue wave going. I mean, from the time you said organizer, you're on the ground organizer and you knock on doors, you had me right there because, I mean, that is what it's going to take. Grassroots movement. So, uh, you know, for all of you guys that are doing grassroots movements, you guys are the real heroes. We can't, it's not going to be top down anymore. It's going to be on the ground that get things done. And you guys are my hero. John, you wanted to step in. I just wanted to make sure to be, uh, you know, get, get everybody engaged. Sure. Um, You asked how we communicate. Well, we have uh, weekly Zoom meetings. Uh, We found that Zoom is very good. Uh, the county is maybe 200, 250 miles long. Wow. So, so uh, the district is that long. So uh, eight counties. So it's really hard to uh, communicate. But we do that on Zoom. And, and also there's a mass uh, texting that helps a whole lot. You asked about the reception we get. Well, in addition to the rally we had in uh, Cleveland, we had a parade in Liberty, the city of Liberty, which is the county seat. Yeah. And it was uh, 55, 60 units, uh, entries into the parade. I walked in the parade. Uh, we had a Congressional District 36 float. Um, and in general, I have been well received by everybody. Uh, you know, I, I shook hands, I handed out candy and said, vote for me, uh, John Hare. And people smiled and nodded and you know, as if they might actually consider voting for me. So uh, I've had a lot of fun uh, visiting these counties. Um, I think we uh, Democrats have got to um, uh, win the rural counties uh, in order to win the state. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what I'm finding is that my opponent says he's running to represent East Texas values, but nobody looks at what he votes, how he votes. You know, he votes against health care. He votes against expanded infrastructure. He votes against jobs. Uh, he just votes a no on uh, so many projects that would drastically improve the district. Nobody looks at his votes. They just listen to the rhetoric. And to me, it's frustrating. Well, you know, John, uh, one of the things that I speak about uh, uh, Democrats all the time is that we just don't know how to fight. In other words, uh, uh, let, let me just uh, take take a little bit of liberty here. I'm in... Uh, uh, Harris County, but I'm in Kingwood, which is a very red area in Harris County. And I and, and Charlie can tell you, we sit down and we speak to a lot of our uh, Republican neighbors in Starbucks, etc. And what's very interesting is before they know that you're a Democrat or whatever, it is always easy to have a conversation. And it's amazing how they are not really engaged with what with with the party per se, but they don't think that there's somebody else offering uh, a, a a solution. And when you sit down and speak to them one on one, and you and they find out that yeah, I agree with you, I agree with you. The only sticking point at the end of the conversation is, but I'm a Democrat. 
Right. If you got a D beside your name, uh, it's an automatic uh, close out. Well, it, it is. And that is the thing that we have to break. I mean, I'm, I can recall a conversation where I had with a, a, a woman and by the time we were done, she was she was loving healthcare for all. We didn't, I didn't call it healthcare for all. We just went ahead and call it, you know, we just described what it did. And by the end of the conversation, she was all in. In fact, she's the one who described it at the end. And then uh, when she was informed that, well, you know, this guy's a Democrat, it was like, but you're so nice. So, I mean, <laughs> you make a, you make a product, your, your stance at, that you made about the float in uh, Cleveland makes sense, right? Because people have to be aware of you first. They have to engage you. They have to feel that you're not some caricature. And after they realize you're not a caricature, then you can engage them, right? So, I mean, when I hear Miranda out there doing all this block walking and talking to people, that is how it starts. We've neglected, in my opinion, and you guys can correct me, please. I think we've neglected as Democrats the rural areas. Anybody can answer that one. I definitely, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, I, I've said that this time and time again that it's going to be small town Texas that's going to win this election for us yes. because because Texas is so big. A lot of the towns are small within it, and collectively, that's kind of who decides um, who's going to run our state. And I feel like if we were more engaged with the with just people in our community or on our block that are are Democrats or Republicans, if we just engaged and talked about the issues and talked about what the right issue is or morally what's right for you, I think that we would see uh, a, a lot more of the community going out and voting Democrat. Because, I mean, if you look at some of the history of, of just over the past few years, what we've experienced, I, I would say that anyone would agree that what we have now is not working. You are look. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, uh, b- before Ronnie, before I get to you, um, uh, Miss Berry hadn't had anything to say. Would you like to add to the discussion, Miss Berry? I would. Good evening, everyone. Thank you. I am Sharon Berry. I am the Senate District Three Committee Woman. Hello, and and you know, in my Senate District, we have 18 counties. But one thing I wanted to echo is it is a matter of messaging. Um, we really do not get the word out. Um, I was the county chair in Houston County for, you know, uh, four terms. And I promised them that we would move the needle if I had their support and I would do all the things that basically wasn't getting done. And that was going to knock on every door. And I remember the current mayor who um, had a despicable reputation and she always put everything that went wrong in Houston County on this particular neighborhood. I knocked on every door in that neighborhood and I just wanted to see why weren't you involved? And it was a matter of communication and them not knowing what was going on. But I didn't just blame the other side. And then I asked them, do you have kids in in the elementary school? Are you on the, you know, in the PTA? Are you a member of the PTA? Or do you go to commissioner's court? This is a two-way street and we have to engage. We have to be accountable. Um, right now, if for you all know, we have 254 counties. We have probably about 50 of those counties that do not have a county chair. Then of that, we have 28 of those counties 
that have African-American chairs. And of that African-American chair, 18 are in East Texas. So that is your leadership. So if you don't empower that particular group with your ministerial alliance, with your activists, um, as, and, and the same with Tejanos, the, the Tejano Democrat, if you don't empower that particular entity to be your legs, your eyes, your ears to those voters, you missing out. You missing out. And so again, but then that comes back to we have to hold our county chairs, our precinct chairs accountable. And then if you look on the website, you see you don't have precinct chairs that are listed. And I find it hard to believe in a county, 20, 30, 40,000 people, you don't have anybody that think like you other than the county chair? No. Again, messaging. Again, attitude, you know, apathy, um, just not engaging. Because a lot of, and this is my opinion, because I do, I've traveled. Um, I used to be the vice chair of the Texas Coalition of Black Democrats. So I made it a point. I, I had the Beto model. I was going to every county. In Houston County, I was going to every church. I figure, you know, you might not like me, but you're not going to do too much to me on Sunday with the good Lord right there next to me. (laughs) That was was my best bet to get them on a Sunday. They couldn't because every time I I, I got the reputation, every time I showed up, it was never there sharing. That's the Democratic chair. So I just had to kind of just back up a little bit. But what I think I did and what I'm not going with what I'm most proud of is that I tried to put Houston County on the map. I tried to make us a voice, um, have an opinion, have a presence. And so we can do the same thing. I think one thing uh, I'm, I'm one of the things I want for Senate District three is our motto is we're a winner. We are a winner and we have the numbers we just have to get the message out and we have to engage people. I love that. I, I, I simply love that. Uh, Ronnie, you wanted to get back in. Why don't you tell me what you, uh, what you wanted to add to that? Well, the SD3 chair actually, like, she hit the nail on the head. That's what I was trying to say. Like, every point that she stated was absolutely correct, along with what Miranda said. She is right. Rural areas in order to truly make the democratic machine work, rural areas have to be activated. But the thing is, is that that's already two points made. Really, like, you can record this whole thing and make it like a democratic playbook. Because what I'm about to say is not a surprise. Everybody receives text messages. Everybody receives mail and all that stuff. But you have to understand, in order to do all of that, what Miranda is asking for, what the SD3 chair is asking for, money needs to come in. That being said, so whenever a candidate asks for money or when your chair asks for money, they need that money to help your community. Just like a church, when they ask for the TIV, like that money is going to go to something for a greater good. And it's not like, oh, they're putting it in their pockets. No, it's being spent. Because otherwise, we lose, right? I, I want to put it a little bit to put it, you know, quite a, exactly what you said. But I mean, I, I may want to get a bit deeper in in in, in regards to the party. Um, I find that the party generally is too centralized towards cities, big cities, etc. Right? 
And we've just about ceded rural areas to the Republican Party. In other words, uh, you know, I mean, there are all kinds of folks that live all over the rural areas that we pretty much disregard. There are no less, lesser or greater than those in the city. So I think one of the things with whatever happened in this election going forward, that as an independent broadcaster, I intend to, to push is that we do things on a grassroots level, uh, period. And I, uh, when, when Charlie told me about you guys and I heard from, um, from Ron, for me, this was the, I, I, I looked at what I heard as this is the prototype. The prototype doesn't go through HCDP or the prototype doesn't go through all the big, uh, the big particular great guys in Austin that run the party because I think, uh, the way we judge people and is, uh, is by failure or success. And so far in Texas, I think we've, we've given a, we've shown a, a great ability to fail. And, uh, you know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. I, I honor you guys for what you're doing. And, um, I, I hope that, uh, you're going to continue doing that. And please, whenever you need any kind of information told, I'll be more than happy to uh, put that out. I'll be more than happy to get you guys on our station that goes all the way through East Texas on, on air because I can tell you that um, it's inspirational listening to people from uh, District 36 and SD3 speaking the way you guys are actually speaking. So um, without further ado, if anybody wants to close us out, since Ron brought us together, I'm going to ask Ron to close us out. Thank you. I wish we had another 30 minutes, but uh, we don't. Uh, I wanted I wanted more. Than let me let, hold on a second. Could, could everybody could you mute your phone so that uh, we can hear Ron? Thank you. Dolores, could you please mute your phone? Thank you. I wanted more than anything to let the boots on the ground tell the story. I would suggest perhaps another episode very soon where we get the boots on the ground folks on to talk about what they did, because I'll be as truthful as I can be. Those of us at the top basically stepped back and got out of the way. That, let me tell you, these, I'm sorry, go ahead. These, these folks did it all. They did it all. We had ideas, we brought resources, and we paid a little bit of money not much. And the Cleveland crew, as I have named them, did it all. They deserve all the credit. And they are devoted to their cause that they are working on. And it's a cause of bringing people together for the good of democracy, for the good of the country, for the good of the Democratic Party. Thank you very much, Ron. And to close out, since we actually have a candidate that's running in uh, CD36, Let's ask him to go ahead and, and, and make his plea to the folk. Go ahead, John, here. Well, <clears throat> I'm a little bit disturbed by the lack of voting uh, in the first week of the election, um, particularly young folks. When I say young folks, I mean people less than 50 years old. Uh, Democrats have an advantage of uh, four to one to seven to one uh, when they vote. Uh, when they don't vote, uh, we lose. So. If you know of any young person or your your daughter, your grandchildren, nieces, nephews, whatever, uh, ask them to vote. Make sure they vote uh, between now and a week from today. 
Thank you so kindly, SD3CD36. It's been my honor to have you on Politics Done Right. We, anyway, folks, I got a call from Charlie. And yes, uh, Tom C., I'm live. That was pre-recorded because uh, we, we had about 20 people in the room, and those were the ones who decided to speak. But what I wanted to show is that um, these are guys who took it upon themselves. You know, the party normally ignores the, the rural areas, etc., these guys in Northeast Texas and in the, in, in, in the Piney Woods and these other parts, Cleveland, etc., in, in Texas, they decided to take it up on, their, on themselves. They ran people where the party would not want to run people for, um, for candidates. They are doing what has to get done. Uh, they are doing what has to get done. You have to engage everybody. You can't throw away absolutely anyone. And that is what the Democratic Party has often done. Depend on the big cities because you can just swoop everybody up there and then assume that you own the Latino and black vote. And then why you win, right? Well, I mean, uh, no, you got to compete for people's votes. If you believe that your policies are best for America as a whole, you have to sell those policies as well. And that is what it is all about. You must sell those policies. Okay, um... I, I, I was, you know, I, while I was playing this, I was getting some um, some information on the election from the screen, and here's here's something that I've been saying for quite some time, and I we're going to see if it's true or not. Uh, all the polls are there are two things with the polls right now. We had a lot of Republicans dump a lot of polls that uh, that where they put uh, when you look at the, the cross tabs of the poll. It shows that they were getting 25% of the, of the uh, African-American vote. They were getting probably like near 50% of the Latino vote, etc., which would actually give an overperformance in, on, on this, right? Well, Matthew Dowd said something similar. And let me go ahead and put what uh, uh, Michael is asking me to throw up there on the screen. Let's see what it says. It said, uh, para ver, para ver, para ver. If you haven't already, don't forget to vote today. It might be the last time your vote actually counts. But anyhow, so um, what he said is the votes for a long time have been underrepresenting the Republican vote. They were they were underrepresenting the Republican vote. He thinks that the pollsters have overcompensated now, and that they are underrepresenting Democratic vote. And if you take a look at uh, who voted in the, uh, you know, who did the early vote. Uh, Democrats have something like a 10-point ahead, even with this massive amount of votes going. And it seems like they are being overrepresented in the uh, live vote as well. We don't know that. These, these are all um, anecdotal evidence thus far. But if that is the case, tonight may not be the bad night that so many are talking about. And if it's not the bad night that everybody's talking about, oh, who knows? But anyway, folks, after this show, I'm going to be heading out of here like real, real quick because I'm heading into town because we are doing a live show at KPFT 90.1 FM Houston between 6 and 8 o'clock. So by 8 o'clock when we leave, a few, the, the direction should be known. And after I leave, uh, we're bringing in Amy Goodman, or, or rather we're patching in. Amy Goodman and Democracy Now! right after the show that I'm doing between 6 uh, Central and 8 Central, which is between 7 Eastern and 9 Eastern.
So uh, you guys can check us out what we're going to do. We're going to have a call-in show. If you guys want to call in as well, feel free to call in. It's going to be the same number, 713-526-5738. We're going to be taking live calls for those two hours to see where the, uh, where the people's minds are, what they're thinking, both not only for the local Houston race, but for everybody who are listening to um, our program. Uh, Bruce says we have to find a... All right, first, too many people are not registered properly. True. And he says we have to find a way to get them engaged. They don't think they have skin in the game, and the result will be a hot mess. Exactly. I don't know. I don't, I'm not seeing the video in a blurry form, British MCP. Uh, Michael says pollsters check against likely voters, but they're undercounting on likely voters. I think this midterm is going to have a higher than average turnout rate. High turnout rates favor Democrats. Right. Uh, Bridge says Trump pounces on ordinary voting machines issue in Arizona. Automatic vote counting machines went down Tuesday morning in some 20% of places in Maricopa, Arizona, a locale that has uh, become a hotspot for far-right conspiracy theorists. Ex-President Donald Trump among them uh, looking to prove fantastical allegations of electoral fraud. It's not both uh, tabulators in this 20% location having issues. Maricopa County Board of Supervisors Chairman Bill Gates said at press conference that was reported it may uh, be one out of five, two out of five. There is redundancy in place. Let me tell you what's happening, folks. Uh, these ballot readers, some of them are rejecting your ballots. But right underneath that, if your ballot get rejected, you don't have to go redo a ballot or anything. You just have to throw it into a secure uh, bin. And that secure bin is monitored by both Democrats and Republicans. And that secure bin will be taken by both Democrats and Republicans together to get it scanned appropriately. And I, so thanks for bringing that up, Bridge MCP. And I'm hoping that enough people that are listening to me right now understand that that is what is actually occurring in Maricopa County, Arizona. Here in Houston, we've had a lot of uh, places where the, the machines went down. But I learned today, some, uh, you know, I thought the election, uh, I thought, in Houston, only on the early voting days that you could go anywhere. It turns out I was wrong. At, apparently, at election days, you can vote anywhere at any precinct or, or, or whatever it seems like. Or it, it, it seems like that's what I've been told today. Because I got a couple of calls that said there are problems out in central Houston. And then there were somebody out there giving up sheets of paper as, as other locations people could go vote at. And when, when she told me that, I said, oh, no, 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 that's a trick. They want them to go to the wrong precinct to vote. And apparently, and I don't know this for a fact, but it seems like you can go to more than one precinct to vote if you're having problems at your mother precinct. Uh, Paul Fleming says, a mother and son was removed as volunteers in Georgia after a post showed them participating in the January 6th attack. I'm glad to see that. Friggin' criminals. Uh, let's see what else we have. Uh, uh, welcome aboard, Michael. I mean, Norman Reynolds. How are you doing, hermano? Tom C is here as well. Masticator is here. Bree says, My neighbor, a rep, said if candidates can still talk, then Maine, uh, uh, then Maine and voting should be after election. Huh? All right, George Ruddock, <laughs> secure bins. Oh, did say again, shall play a game. Voting problem, shock, horror, but what about? You would always give trouble, right? Uh, Lee Grant says, Paul Fleming Sr., when they're breaking any law, were they breaking any laws? 
they broke a law for being at January 6th. Son of Masticator says there is a story about Chicken Little. Eventually people stopped believing in him when he said democracy is at stake. Yep, democracy is at stake, all right. And all of us know that democracy, all of us with a brain, knows that democracy is in fact at stake. Listen to Carrie Lake. Even my friend, in the, my conservatives in the room have to admit that. When somebody says they're not going to follow the election. When all the election fraud that we've seen thus far has been done by Trump supporters. Think about that. All election fraud found in 2020 was by Trump supporters. Amazing, isn't it? Imagínate eso. Anyhow, folks, what else have we got here? Um, uh, let's see what else we have here. Norman says he enjoyed the song. Of course, I don't know what song he's talking about. I imagine somebody put a song out there that other people liked. And if that's the case, que perfecto, mis amigos. Uh, I have another video, but it's too long to fit in the amount of time that's left. Uh, let's see what else we have coming in. So send me some what else we want to talk about because the other video is too long for me to show the other video. So what else you want me to talk about here, folks? Uh, Paul Fleming says we're, oh, we're at the halfway point. Folks, let me play my ask and then we'll take it on the other side. Politics done right depends on you to keep doing what we do. What do we do? We make sure to keep, number one, the internet seeded with blogs and information to counter the right and to present what progressives represent for the benefit of us all to everybody so that it's not misread, misled by any other entity. We make sure and populate that internet with blogs, with videos, with all these other things to make sure that we are informed and to counter everything that you normally hear that, that are lying at the right. We also make sure to create articles in, in magazines, articles in newspapers all around the country to ensure, again, that our message gets out there. Last but not least, we also write books. As you see it, Class Warfare, the only re resort to right-wing doom, How to Make America Utopia, are two of the many books that I've written on these issues. So please support us in one of many ways. Numero uno, you can support us at PayPal, either one time or monthly. Go to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. You can support us on Patreon. That is politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can support us by becoming a part of our YouTube channel, going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, or you can support us in many other forms that you can find at politicsdoneright.com slash support. Be sure to visit our store, politicsdoneright.com slash store, and get our books at politicsdoneright.com slash books. All right, folks, I have all of that inside of the um, inside. All those links are inside of this inside of the chat. So please consider supporting us however you can. Oops, uh, it seems like there was an error to send in my link for the books. So I am going to redo the books again. Uh, let's see. Michael Sousa says more liberal bull. Please tell me what particular bull you've heard. Mr. Sousa, I would love to hear Michael Sousa tell me what bull he thought he heard. Uh, Paul Fleming says, I voted for the past that wants to give fourth graders a free lunch uh, instead of making them have a child. Norman Reynolds says, I do not understand why Republicans who 
all looked at delivery of results support Abbott. He has failed over and over on issues on our safety and security. And look, as you know, you know what else? And he's a fiscally responsible. Um, the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act isn't given a lot of play on TV, isn't given a lot of play by our news media. But in effect, by Texas is contributing billions to the fund, to the Medicaid, the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act, billions of dollars come from Texas taxpayers that go into that fund. Uh, the first three years of that fund costed us zero to ensure those people that didn't qualify for Medicaid because they made too much, but couldn't afford insurance because they didn't make enough. There's a big window of those folks. The Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act was designed to solve that problem. Uh, Abbott and all the Republicans in Austin said no. They would not do it. So they got it for free for the first three months, and it cost 10%. Not 30, not 40, not 50. 10% of the bill to ensure those people that fall into that category. They said no. They give away more money to all the other states than the 10% would cost them by over an, a number of over nine times. So their people suffer. Hospitals in rural areas close. When you see those hospitals closing, when you see people have to drive long distances for, these, for care, that is what caused it. And our derelict media will not hammer that message in, 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 in Timbuktu, Texas. They won't hammer that message all throughout the state. That include the statement that says, your representatives in Austin, Texas, along with many other red states, are assassinating their, 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 assassinating their citizens. They are assassinated assassinating their citizens. If these people knew that, Norman, they wouldn't vote for this clown. They would vote for somebody who is going to help them. Lee says he doesn't think democracy is on the ballot. And Lee, you don't think that way because the, the party that you think you like is the party in power. So therefore, it doesn't matter. That is where I say empathy is necessary. Because when you have governors say, once we get elected, nobody else would ever get elected again. When you have, state of, uh, uh, when you have a conglomerate of uh, Secretary of State says they're going to get together to ensure that they will pass policies that really screws us all with the, with the voting, should tell you something. Tom C. says, uh, before Tom C. says, AVQ says, this is a common pattern with conservatives. If you believe your opposition doing evil, even if the belief is false, gives you permission to even more evil than your perceived enemies. Sad. Tom C. Brazil says, Brazil's Bolsonaro conceded his loss because he wanted to follow the rules. Remain to be seen whether the GOP will do the same and which country the U.S. Brazil has uh, more banana Republicans. Here's the deal with uh, Bolsonaro. It turns out that 
he took this long because he wanted tacit approval from the judiciary that they were not going to prosecute him for all the crimes he committed while he was the president of Brazil. And I don't know if they officially did it or maybe they did a wink wink. We will we will leave you alone if you just concede. My gut feeling tells me that they told him we leave you alone if you just concede. All right. Um, Norman says our mainstream media is owned by the corporations and those who report the news must abide by their policies. Agreed. Paul Fleming says, if Republican policies are better for the economy and society, then why are their states the poorest? We always, you know, uh, we talk about that all the time, uh, Paul. Republican states are bigger states. We have to remember that. Republican states are bigger states. They get, they take more money from the coffers of the United States. They have more crime. And the reason they have more crime is because they are poorer. It's amazing. That, you know, it, it, it is amazing. And I think uh, uh, El Señor Rodnin has something here on the screen based on what Norman had to say that I'll, I'll put up there. And it says, M is for media. Why do six companies control 90% of the media? Comcast, News Corp, Disney, Viacom, Time Warner, CVS, all corporate run. Little KPFT that's out there telling the truth over and over and over again. We have to beg for money. Please support us. We need $150,000 to last us a couple months. Could you please support us? It's so difficult. For politics done right here, I am. Please support politics done right. Lucky we have great folks listening that provide support. Even though we need like 10 times the amount of support we're getting. Come on, man. You know? So, those of us doing the work, those of us trying to educate, those of us trying to make sure that, try to limit the damage, try to limit the damage that corporations are doing to ensure that we continue to be antiseptic slaves. Trying to work hard to do that. It is so hard. I'm glad you mentioned that about these, these media companies, you know? Because it's amazing, right? We will pay the $100 or $200 or $300, depending on the package that you have for cable. We'll pay that every day. We'll pay the $69 for YouTube or $79 for YouTube TV. We'll pay individuals amount monthly for Disney, etc. For people who are either uh, giving you platitudes so that you stay calm and just, just vegetate towards the TV... Or folks who just outright lie to you. Fox News is on cable that you're paying for. Uh, CNN, who's who's uh, trying to become the new Fox News, is you know uh, you're paying for them on your cable. But God forbid, politics done right says, could you give us a? You're giving them all of that. Could you give us something that we can actually have a sustainer as well? Like you created a sustainer for those who mislead you. Could you create a sustainer for those who try to give you the truth? Those who give you a platform? Those who, and you sit down and you wonder sometimes, what is it in the American psyche that corporations have more trust and get more? I don't know. I don't know. 
Corporations that care nothing about humanity, nothing about all these. But people don't have a problem. As sono, sono vasticators, says Egberto, do you think it is okay for you to appropriate the suffering and the stories of actual African slaves by comparing them to voluntary labor? It's not voluntary labor. You got to work. And it's not appropriating. And if somebody can speak about appropriation, it's me. I'm a black, I'm an I'm a Afro, Afro Latino Caribbean man. My, my family lineage were under bondage, not only from the English, but from the Spanish. So, no, it's antiseptic slavery. And, Sono Masticator, if you're an employee of a corporation, sir, you are an antiseptic slave as well. Now, you're not going to get the whip, or they're not going to cut your privates off, or they're not going to try to make an example out of you, because you know what? It's better for them now. In the past, they had to clothe, they had to keep healthy, they had to feed the slave. Our antiseptic slaves don't even demand that anymore. Our antiseptic slaves simply work. And when the employer doesn't need you anymore, they just say bye-bye. And they don't have any, they have no responsibility towards you. So do I have a problem? Do I have a problem? calling most Americans antiseptic slaves, those who work for corporations who can lay them off at any time without any recompense? No, sir. Sono masticator say you should be ashamed of yourself. These were your ancestors you disrespect. No, I'm not disrespecting them at all. In fact, they honor what I've said. Lee Grant says, I hope the posse and everyone keeps fine, uh, calm and rational because we may be in for a wild ride. We will. We will. The PDR posse will remain the PDR posse. Bridge MCP says, I know, Lee, whatever happens, we all deal with it with no ill feelings for each other. No, we won't. So, I mean, uh, so again, I think it's important for us, very important for us, to get the job done. We are at 3.56 right now, folks. I am going to retire a bit early because I have to hurry up and get down to uh, downtown because I have to set up over in, uh, in downtown for our show between 6 and 8 o'clock. I want to thank all of you for being here. Work for starvation wages, not enough to afford decent housing, food, health care, and little left over for luxuries. Antiseptic slavery, that's not even mentioning how they jail who can pay the system, then force prison labor for that. You get it, brother. You get it. Anyway, folks, we got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel. And number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.